Welcome to the Cannabis Equipment News Podcast. Hi, I'm David Manti with Cannabis Equipment News. And with me today is John Davis, CTO of Entex. How are you doing today, John? I'm doing great. How are you doing, David? I'm getting through, man. I'm getting through. Like I said, I scheduled my shots, so I'm eagerly anticipating. Well, before we get started, if you could like, share, or even give us a positive review, it'd really help us out a lot as we try and move this podcast forward. I'd, l- I'd like to get started uh, just talking a little bit about Entex. Uh, as I believe, or as if I read it right, you guys specialize in extraction technology, correct? That's right. So um, we are an engineering and fabrication focused company. Um, our background is um, is engineering. Uh, my background specifically is, is oil and gas and, and, uh, and then some uh, precision motion and, and robotics um, uh, ventures as well. And we got into this business uh, with the sole goal of providing custom engineered extraction solutions for this industry. So um, that's where our background is. Uh, we have a pretty um, well-versed team of fabrication machinists and engineers that have many years in similar industries. Of course, this industry seems to be pretty new in regards to um uh, how long this industry has been around and, and in tenure. And so, you know, I think one benefit of, of our company is we've, we've been able to assemble a team of individuals that have decades of experience in very similar industries that are able to directly apply value to what we're doing. And that includes machinists. You know, we have machinists that have 30 plus years in, in machining um, um, uh, components and, and, and systems for similar industries, oil and gas and, and, other, and, and such. Our fabrication team comes from a background of sanitary process equipment. And so, you know, building out breweries and building out uh, food plants and, and you know, um, olive oil processing plants and, and just a whole uh, breadth of sanitary process equipment. Mm-hmm. And it's been really special to be able to bring these individuals together to really create a company that's focused on providing extraction and, um, you know, not just extraction, but other types of solutions for this industry. So uh, that's where uh, our, our, our background is. That's kind of who we are as a company. And that's what our mission is from a standpoint of, of our company objective is to be able to innovate and develop uh, custom solutions for, for this market in this industry. So when you say custom solutions, every system is different for depending on the customer, right? Um, well, no, not necessarily. So, you know, what we've found is, is customers typically piecemeal a system together, right? If you're talking about extraction, say, and so, you know, one of our main product lines is extraction equipment. And so what we found is customers typically piece together extraction, uh, a, a complete extraction solution, whether that's, you know, um, an extraction uh, batch centrifuge and then the filtration unit and evaporation unit and post polishing and, and um, post production uh, uh, types of equipment. Um, from kind of that um, information and, and experience and us, uh, we, we have some experience putting labs together and, and operating in that fashion. And so we approached it as, hey, let's 
develop custom solutions that really encompass the whole breadth of an extraction plant and an extraction system. And so each of those components and subsystems are designed and developed to be able to mate to each other. So you don't have bottlenecks and you don't have systems that aren't designed from a standpoint of power or energy or, or cooling capacity or whatnot. Uh, and just from a background, we, what we focus on is, is um, ethanol-based extraction. So we focus on cold ethanol extraction. And I know there's quite a few different extraction types out there, um, but that's our focus and, and um, really where we put our, our energy. And so what, you know, what we've, what we've done is, is we started in, in kind of the cannabis space of developing solutions that meet the demand of a cannabis type of producer. If it's, you know, 500 or 800 or a thousand pounds per day is kind of um, maybe the upper limit of kind of what we see from a cannabis side. And then of course, when we started getting into the hemp processing side, those are, you, you just kind of build in terms of orders of magnitude in regards to need in regards to what the biomass content that's out there and needed to be processed. And so we started developing the, the larger scale systems um, to meet the, the market need of, of, of hemp farmers and, and how much biomass is in the market. So you're talking from cannabis, you know, you have, you know, just a very small amount relative to the really the millions of pounds of, of biomass of hemp that's out in the market that needs to be processed. So, um, so from there, anyways, to get back to your question, what we've done, tried to do is, is really um, develop standard product lines because then of course, when you manufacture and, and develop uh, product lines and, and deliver components to customers, um, st standard product lines really help you scale and be able to deliver um, um, a solution to a customer. And so we've developed standard product lines to meet um, kind of the lower processing throughput and, and specific need of cannabis. And we call that our mini system and that's uh, batch centrifuge based. And, but, you know, with that, we tune everything together from the standpoint of a complete processing solution. That's all the way to uh, white film distillation. And we also scale up to the, you know, 5,000, 10,000 pound uh, continuous feed throughput systems um, of really marketed towards hemp and uh, hemp processing. And so those are, um, you know, from, from just our experience pro uh, processing um, on the lower end of the, of the processing spectrum, um, even though you have an automated system from a, like for instance, a batch centrifuge, you still have a lot of bottlenecks and resource constraints. And that has to do with, you know, bringing the biomass in, loading the biomass into, into typically bags that you could process. And then you manually, you know, load those bags into a machine and take the bags out and waste and, the, and um, get rid of the spent biomass. Um, then transfer from, from if it's going to a filtration unit or transfer going to a rotovaps is, is, is quite common. And then going from the rotovaps to uh, distillation units and, and post-polishing and post-production um, pieces of equipment. So what we've done from a standpoint of, of experience of, with our experience developing and, and running those types of systems, we've tried to really take the user's hands off of the whole system. So if we, if, for instance, our mini systems, if we, if we, those systems we develop, so you still have a manual interface, right? You've got still to put a bag into the machine and take the bag out of the machine. But in terms of where the product and your 
your really the oil that you extract goes, we automate that process. So it's no hands-free is what, you know, kind of what we'd like to say it's, it goes through filtration, it goes through bulk evaporation and we go, it goes through post-polishing through white film uh, distillation. You have to use your once that. And then the final really offtake is, you know, in, in vessels that can be uh, removed and used on the, on the, um, downstream side of our equipment. So there's really no, no interaction of, of individuals that have to move, um, you know, beakers of oil or, or solvent from one station to another, transfer product into say a, a, a glass vessel in a, in a, rot in a um, rotovap, uh, try to clean those and just the whole inefficiencies that come along with that kind of lab scale setup of a, of a system. And so we've tried to address that to make things hands-free, automated, and and really um, uh, produce repeatable results and high-quality results from an end product standpoint. And then how, how that kind of segues into our larger hemp processing um, uh, targeted solutions. Um, you know, in regards to the manual um, uh, resources and and, and uh, amount of work that goes into uh, pre-production, I guess, or pre-extraction of of uh, loading bags, uh, dealing with the biomass. What we've done is developed a continuous feed, uh, completely automated solution where biomass is loaded into a feed uh, feed bin. And really that's the start of the process. So users typically take a super sacks or, or conveyor biomass into the, to the starting point, which is a big feed automated feed bin. And from there, then it's, then it's no touch from the standpoint of, fully extracted um, biomass um, using ultra cold ethanol. So you don't have to winterize and then through, through filtration, through bulk evaporation and post polishing through our, we have a, a pretty, um, I think um, large wiped film system that, that uh, is not too common on the market from the standpoint of the size of it. So we can really uh, process large amounts of oil in it. And so from that type of solution, it's really uh, uh, hands-free and, and can process a large amount of biomass. And, you know, what I've seen is, is a lot of, um, you know, from an engineering standpoint, there's a lot of companies that can, that are, and technologies that are out there. That's, that's really cool from a, from a technology side. It's, you know, cool to be a part of that for, as an engineer. Um, but, you know, what we've tried to do is, is um, design our systems that, that are realistic from a processing standpoint and, you know, I'm sure customers and, and also individuals see that out there in terms of claims of, of throughput, how much can be processed and whatnot. And while those are valid to some extent, if you look at the bottlenecks and you look at the, the actual amount of product that can be run and how much those systems can realistically process, um, a lot of times it's a little bit tough to achieve those, those published numbers. So, um, you know, that's where we try to do is, is really, um, you know, come up with the uh, number one design systems that can actually achieve those numbers, and also, um, you know, uh, kind of base those off of off of the whole process and not just one part that that maybe can do it. But then you're stuck with bottlenecks that, uh, upstream or downstream that really affect those throughput numbers. So, as you were assembling this team of experts from various industries, how was it? you know, that you decided to go after extraction technology in particular? Um, so I think, you know, from a standpoint of, of extraction technology in particular, it's, it's 
um, a, an area where we had relevant experience and we had the ability to develop that technology and bring it to market um, based on our background. So, you know, of course, you want to be able to um, deliver to customers and, and come up with products that um, you have the ability to do as a company. And that's really where our background has been. Um, you know, we have, um, you know, my background, like I said, has been, has been oil and gas. And so we've, you know, I have um, more than a, a like decade of experience designing and, and building um, those types of solutions. So moving fluids, moving petroleum, moving um, hard to move um, vaporizing fluids, um, um, CO2s and, and um, propanes and vaporizing fluids like that. And so from, from that kind of background, you know, it's like, okay, we can really develop this technology. This industry needs from an extraction standpoint, it's, it's really moving fluids, right? So um, that's where um, number one, we have the ability to offer value in this space. We have the proficiency to do that. And of course there's the market opportunity to be able to provide those solutions as well. So um, I think, yeah, it's a number of things. When you look at the other extraction technology that's out there in the market, what would you say separates you from the competitors out there? Yeah, so there's some really um, cool technologies on the market. And, and like I said, it's, um, it's um, great to be a part of it. And so, um, you know, so in regards to where we stand as a company and, and kind of what differentiates us from what's on the market, you know, I think there's a couple of things. Um, number one, it's, we are an engineering and fabrication focused company. So we design and build all of our systems in house. And so we have full machining, CNC machining, uh, um, machining centers. And so we bring in raw material. We have all our engineers design systems out here in house. And so we're very closely aligned from design to, to machining and manufacturing and our, in our fabricators work um, here in our shop. So, we have all of kind of the components that make up the design process of initial concept to actually delivering a piece of equipment to a customer right here in house. And so we're not able, we're, we're, we don't have to rely on, um, you know, bringing completed systems in and piecing them together. We, we do that all um, here. And so what we're able to do is not only deliver customized pieces of equipment, we're able to um, really tune those pieces of equipment and design them to meet the design of our system in an optimum way. If that is the, is, you know, is the evaporation units, if it's the, um, how much, you know, area and how much uh, uh, efficiencies we have from those systems, or if it's the extraction unit itself. So I think that's very um, special that we, we can do all of that here in house. And that's kind of uncommon from what I've seen. There's a lot of, great companies out there that do this, but a lot of them bring in subsystems that are, are made by other uh, manufacturers or vendors and they piece those together. Um, so I think that's what, one of the things that sets us apart as a company is the ability to really put the whole pieces, the whole piece um, uh, the whole, uh, sub, of the subsystem together to make the whole system and also to be able to um, uh, really design the system to function together. You know, we're not, you know, putting A, B, and C together that aren't necessarily tuned for the throughputs and the and the what you're putting through 
the system. Uh, and, and together we're really building one system that operates um, in, in, uh, in unison uh, to be able to, to accommodate the throughputs, the thermal loads, and the, um, and the interfaces between everything. So I think, uh, you know, those are, those are a couple of big differentiators from our company that, that I like to see. Is it easier to go to market with an entire system or is it difficult because you're essentially competing against people that are looking to buy A, B, and C separately, but you just want to sell them A, B, and C all together? Yeah, um, there's definitely that that um, issue, I guess you could say, but I, it's also a great opportunity because the feedback that we've gotten from our customers, um, you know, a lot of them that have pieced together systems is, hey, we've tried this and we have these really kind of headaches dealing with this type of stuff. A lot of times these systems sit there, but they don't run. And a lot of times they're, like I said, they're not tuned together. So they create bottlenecks in the, in the, in the, in the customer plant. And, you know, from that standpoint, that gives us a, the, a really good ability to go and say, Hey, well, you know, we could solve these problems. We can offer a solution that's really um, uh, meant to be, uh, operated in, in, in how you were trying to operate your, your facility. And so it, you know, it's, uh, it, sometimes it creates some difficulty, but you know, it, it also creates an opportunity as well. How much of your business is cannabis and how much of it is hemp? Um, I'd say right now, uh, most of our business is hemp, but we offer, uh, cannabis, you know, lower, lower uh, smaller scale systems. But what we're focusing right now is, is really, um, a lot of hemp processing. And so, uh, you know, one of the pieces of technology that we're just, we just released the market this week has been a remediation uh, unit. And so um, I'm sure, you know, it's, it's well known when you um, extract CBD from hemp, you typically have um, a concentrated amount of THC that's in your product that, that is quote unquote hot. And so you have to take that THC out of the product um, you know, uh, kind of standard methods include chromatography, and then there's some other systems on the market that that um, convert that THC. Uh, and so, what we've done is come came to market with a really great technology that um, allows us to remove the THC from the hot um, CBD and create a very low um, a low loss rate. Uh, product that is non-detect from a THC standpoint. So we're, we're really excited about that product. And it's been, uh, you know, years in the making on, on this coming to market. And I, we think it's going to be a great product for, for our customers okay. in the hemp space. Okay. Um, what brought you personally into the industry? How did you go from oil and gas into cannabis and hemp? <laughs> um, yeah, it's been a, been a bit of a journey. Um, so um, I'd say kind of the, the start of the, the journey really had been uh, from kind of thinking back personally on it, but well, kind of uh, had been kids because we, we had kids and we decided to move up to, uh, to where we are now in Northern California um, to be closer to family. So that was kind of a, a, a implicit uh, <laughs> direction of, of getting into this industry. And then being up here, um, you know, meeting some some uh, contacts with, that were in the industry space and really seeing um, what was being developed 
and what was being offered and, and, and saying, hey, this is really cool uh, and a really cool industry space, um, a great opportunity to, to innovate and, and develop uh, products as an engineer and, and as, as a team that can, that can do this. And so, um, you know, kind of just got into, got into it based on, on um, being in, in, the, in, the, in the space in this area and then also seeing the, uh, the opportunity and also the, you know, the value we could add as a company as individuals to, to the space. So. Okay. Um, do you have a, I mean, outside of business, do you have a personal connection to the industry at all? Um, yeah, I mean, I, in regards to cannabis, um, I, you know, I enjoy cannabis as an individual. And so that, that's been, uh, um, kind of a personal connection, I guess, but not, not in regards to extraction, not, not really. And then in regards to, um, you know, hemp and CBD, I think it's a, it's a good, it's a great, um, natural remedy. We've, we've kind of, as a family, always, always been into kind of more natural uh, remedies and, and, uh, products, um, instead of the, the typical pharmaceutical route or whatnot. So I think, you know, in that regard, you know, providing, um, a product and a, and a service that can, that creates a, a, a product that, you know, helps people uh, and ailments and whatnot um, is, is really rewarding in that regard as well. So, okay. Yeah. Um, you talk about being in uh, Northern California. Uh, where are you specifically located? Yeah. So we're um, actually, our offices are in uh, Diamond Springs, which is outside of Sacramento, about 30 minutes uh, towards uh, South Lake Tahoe. Okay. And uh, so that's, Kind of where we started, where we have our engineering and, and, and fabrication uh, uh, offices, and we just are moving and actually down the road about five miles to a new facility that um, is larger and, and is going to you know accommodate some some uh, bigger projects. So. Yeah, so you're growing. That's good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, how many employees do you guys have? Um, so we have an engineering team of, of three. We have. Um, uh, machining and fabrication team of, of six to eight, depending on workload. Mm-hmm. And we have um, marketing sales and, and other individuals in, in about six, six people or so. So okay. we're in a you know, dozen people or so company. Why did you guys decide to go with ethanol? Yeah, great question. Um, so when I first started getting into this, um, you know, number one, there's, there's a couple other um uh, decisions that kind of drove us to ethanol, but personally, well, I, well, I think ethanol is a, a, a good um, solvent for extraction is if you compare uh, ethanol to really it was, it was ethanol and, and CO2 is, is kind of the two uh, solvent based uh, fluids that, that, that I knew of when we started you know, developing this technology. So I have quite a bit of experience in CO2. We used to um, develop um, uh, fluid handling solutions that would pump large amounts of CO2 into shale gas wells. And from that standpoint, if you have a spent well from a petroleum standpoint, you could really get about twice the amount of oil out of that well by injecting CO2 into it. So it's a great solvent. So it's also a tough solvent to seal because you have a per, quite a high vapor pressure. I mean, it's 800 PSI or so based on a temperature. Um, so you know, if you look at kind of the requirements from a structural or design standpoint of, of a ethanol-based system, which really operates at atmospheric pressure, to a 
say a CO2 um, solution um, or, or butane or other you know, like hydrocarbons, um, there's quite a bit of difference in, in, in mechanical systems and the machine components and whatnot to, to handle those pressures and, and, uh, and conditions. And so, you know, based on that, um, number one, that's uh, from a safety standpoint, you know, we feel that, you know, ethanol is, a, is just a better fluid. It's a flammable fluid. So you have the flammable aspect of it, but it's, um, especially when you're running at um, the temperatures that we're running at, we're, we're well below the flame point. So it's not even, you know, a, a safety concern in that regard. But um, from a standpoint of kind of those two um, solvent choices, when you look at scaling and you look at um, kind of creating a process that can handle, you know, not only the, the lower um, throughputs, but also the, the high throughputs and the ability to scale the whole system, it's really tough to to compete with, with ethanol. Um, ethanol offers some great advantages and um, you typically have to uh, use ethanol with CO2 systems when you go to a winterization type of process or whatnot. So um, from that standpoint, you know, just looking at the future of the, of the industry and kind of where um, we can put our effort to develop products, it's hard to, um, or it's not hard to, but it's, it's I think we think ethanol is a, a very clear choice of, of a, of a solvent that is, is used and that can be utilized to develop these solutions. And, you know, kind of tangenting, uh, tangent off that as well as, uh, you know, we've just, like I said, came to market with this remediation technology. And, and um, I guess serendipitously, the product that goes into that remediation solution that is ideal is an ultra cold ethanol extracted product. And with that, you can get really low loss rates. You can get less than 5% loss rates of CBD that's remediated. Um, you can remediate the CO2-based systems or, or oils and whatnot, but you're going to be looking at a little bit higher loss rates. So, you know, how kind of how we're moving as a, as a company and, and creating a value and develop and bring into market products, um, ethanol's just been a, a really great uh, solvent choice for us. And you know, it's not for everybody. I know there's a lot of, People that like CO2 kind of target um, cannabinoids and 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 can use uh, CO2 and, and have great success with it. But for us, um, we we feel that ethanol is a great solvent and um, offers you know us the ability to, ability to develop products and deliver products that uh, can really um, result in high quality products for the customer and, and scalability as well. Okay, could you tell me? You know, is in is Entex equipment truly turnkey? Are they truly turnkey solutions? You know, I just when I think of extraction equipment, I think of so much training and maintenance and uh, the peripheral equipment, uh, and I just it's always seemed so much more complicated to me. So when I saw you know uh, turnkey being used, it, I was impressed. Yeah, no, thanks, uh, thanks for that. That's that's what we're trying to do. Is of course is bring a solution to market that's that's easy to use, right? From a customer standpoint. Um, I've uh, ran systems and I've seen systems that are very complex. And when you see these systems, they look very complex. And, and even ours can, you know, probably look complex, but um, from a standpoint of, of turnkey, that's really one of the areas that we, we focus on is we focus on a nice, um, easy to use interface for the cut from the customer side that runs a lot of the routines that maybe would create a complex system in the background. So, you know, we, we develop our own automation loops and our own um, control in house. 
And so that really gives us the ability to, you know, have a couple of interface controls that allows technicians to run the equipment and also the ability to go in and fine tune some of the um, um, more detailed parameters. And so that's really our, our goal as, as a company developing the, um, the automation and the interface for using the equipment is making sure that customers can come in, press a, a couple of buttons, get, you know, chilling systems going, get the heating systems going and the flow systems and, and the parameters associated with those in terms of set points and, and um, um, uh, other types of parameters that go along with operating the system. And, you know, from that standpoint, you're loading the machine with product and removing oil from the machine as a, as a final product and, um, and trying to take away the complexity and the, and the, you know, not only the complexity, but also the, the labor resources that are associated with a, a lot of equipment that's, um, that's on the market. What are, uh, what does typical training uh, look like for an operator and what are some of the maintenance demands that will be required? Yeah, absolutely. So typically we, what we would do is we'd come in with our equipment for a, for a new customer and, and um, really do an install. So our fabrication team would come in and, and install the equipment on site and we would commission the piece of equipment. And then what we do is offer um, a training program. So um you know, the technicians and the, and the operators that are going to be using the equipment will go through a rundown of, of startup. We'll go through a rundown of, of um, running the equipment and then, and then in like a shutdown procedure. Um, in regards to running the equipment, um, if you imagine there's, there's quite a few different routines that can be um, chosen to run through to um, extraction, but then you're running through to a final product if you, if you, um, Offtake crude, you know, that's kind of one part of the process. If you go to distillate, that's another part of the process. Um, and then if you, we have integrated into those uh, hemp processing systems, we have a remediation solution. So, you know, those are multiple subroutines that can be run from one, um, inter, one, one user interface, one GUI. And so from that, we kind of, we go through those routines with the customer as needed, make sure they understand um, how to operate the equipment and then, um, you know, make sure that the customer is com comfortable and safe about um, using our equipment for extraction. And then in regards to um, maintenance, you know, the, the, the biggest things from a maintenance standpoint with, the, with an ethanol-based system are um, servicing filters. And so we have the, the filter sets that, that um, can be monitored. We have, we make sure we have a lot of good visibility on, product quality as it's going through the system and so you can number one keep a good eye on uh, product quality based on visual um, uh, visuals of, of product flowing through the system and pre and post filtration and then also we have feedback of course from a standpoint of um, uh, pressure buildup and whatnot in the filters in the filters sets and so they can be serviced uh, based on need and based on uh, periodic maintenance schedules um, Besides that, you know, we have uh, vacuum systems that uh, you'd want to you'd want to maintain um, chilling units and, and heating loops and stuff that that you'd want to maintain as well. But you know, a lot of the stuff is is um, kind of turnkey when when you fill the system, it's is running. Um, you know, we've used thermal fluids and, and a lot of the heating loops, and so those sorts sorts of things you 
are monitored via um, uh, level sensors and whatnot. But you know, you want to keep an eye on that, just like you're uh, if you're running a car or something, you want to keep an eye on your engine oil. So um, a lot of that stuff is is not um, too intensive from a maintenance standpoint. But you know, it's uh, it's uh, it's a um, precision type of product, and so you you want to do is make sure you have uh, your your really um, uh, producing a high quality end product as, from a customer standpoint. And so there's certain things that you want to maintain and you want to make sure that uh, that are, are running true. Um, if it's uh, vacuum pressures for distillation or if it's temperatures for evaporation or whatnot. And so those types of things you you know you want to have the customer trained on and, and knowledgeable about. And also uh, you want the equipment to be able to um, hit those those um, performance values. Could you talk about it from a safety perspective? Because when I see a lot of uh, some of the negative news that comes out of the industry, when there are accidents, a lot of times that comes during the extraction process. Um, you know, how do you design a machine to be safer than others out there? Yeah, good, 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 uh, very good question. So, okay. So in regards to safety, you know, that, uh, you know, I'm going to mention again, that's kind of one of the, the primary drivers of us using ethanol as a, as a solvent of choice. Um, I would say, I don't have the statistic, but probably 95% of the accidents that you see are probably butane or, or um, light hydrocarbon types of um, extraction systems. And so those types of systems, of course, use an explosive gas to extract product. And so if you have leaks, I mean, that's going into the atmosphere. And then if you have a spark, that's going to cause an uh, explosion. Mm-hmm. Um, so from our standpoint, you know, that's not, not something where we uh, really put focus. And that's where, you know, kind of the front end decision on, on solvent choice and on extraction type um, really kind of delivers a, a, a safe solution. So we're not even going to work in that realm. Um, those systems can be designed and operated very safely. I mean, they're as long as you operate in C1D1 environments and, and design and train and, and um, have the appropriate safety um, precautions, then you can operate those systems very safely. Uh, but from our standpoint, um, we you know we use we use ethanol, and so number one, when you run an ethanol-based system, you're running a um, C1D2 compliant system, and so um, the requirements for that um, aren't as strict as the C1D1 requirements. Um, but, um, you know, more so than the requirements is from a, from an actual, um, um, safety standpoint and, and the possible, um, uh, hazardous conditions that those systems can, uh, can result in, um, with an ethanol based system, it's, it's quite lower than that, you know, everything. Um, so from a, so, okay. So if you look at our system and what we try to do to mitigate any hazards associated with a flammable fluid, um, you know, number one, it's um, it's component selection. So every component that's selected is is appropriately rated for the um, for the environment that it's operating in. And so, if we use pneumatics instead of you know elect- electronics, or if we use a motors, they're they're tip- they're all XP motors, so they're C one D one or better rated. Um, and then from a standpoint of our engineered so, uh, solutions and, and components that are that are make up the whole system, um, everything that we do is, is pretty much closed loop. And so you don't really have any um, uh, vapors or anything coming out into the environment. 
Um, and so, you know, based on that and, and the fact that we're running such a low temperature on the extraction side of the, of the product, um, you have a low, very low likelihood of, of an accident happening. And of course, the, the you know, the, the danger of someone having an open flame and causing a, a, um, a flammable event, um, you're going to, you're going to have this in an environment that's rated and, and have a, a appropriately trained personnel. So, you know, you hopefully don't have somebody, you know, smoking a cigarette or something and, and running the extraction equipment. So, um, and then, and then in regards to, you know, with, with um, in how we talked about CO2 a bit, um, you know, with CO2, it's not flammable and, and you know, it, it's actually an asphyxiant. And so um, even though you don't have an opportunity for say a, um, an explosion or, or with flames, you know, you can have an explosion based on stored energy, but um, with CO2, CO2 is heavier than, than air. And so if you don't have the proper ventilation, CO2 can reside on the ground level and displace air and i've you know i've seen this in actually in other in other industries where um personnel have become um really lost oxygen based on co2 displacing the air and i've been uh, really um, put unconscious based on uh the fact that they're breathing co2 and not air at that point so you know there's other really dangers associated with other um, systems like co2 that that aren't necessarily um you know fire or flame based uh, that can that are that you know drive up that drove us to use um, the solvent that we're using now. So um, okay. hopefully that gives users a, some feedback on that. <laughs> um, do you you know uh, it sounds like you're doing more business in hemp right now. Do you expect the cannabis side to sort of ramp up as more states come online and it kind of gets closer to federal legalization? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, we see that weekly now it seems like new york i think just came online and and uh and there's been you know multiple states this year that have been uh um you know be, that are uh, becoming active with cannabis and so we definitely see that it's a, it's an area of focus for us um and like i said that's where we have a, a really specific product line it's our it's our um you know we call it our mini system it's our batch centrifuge based system mm-hmm. um fully automated system that that is targeted towards uh, cannabis processing and so we definitely see that as a big opportunity for us and, and somewhere where we, um, you know, we're, we're putting a lot of focus. Um, but, you know, like I said, there's, it's, it's been, um, you know, a mix right now of, of, of cannabis and hemp and, and also companies that are, that are have a need for both types of equipment, right. Or, or both types of processing. So. Right. Have you ever turned down a client? Like, have you, I mean, uh, have you ever gone into a facility and, uh, thought that either they weren't equipped or maybe uh, couldn't handle what you guys were offering? Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't say we, we've turned down clients in that fashion. Like we've, I, we've never walked in and said, oh, you, you guys aren't worthy of us or something. <laughs> um, so we, we, we definitely don't have that attitude. Um, but we definitely want to work with customers that, um, that are safe and that are, that, are, that are able to use our equipment, right? And so... I'm sure as listeners and, and you know, there's a lot of, of kind of um, unique individuals and companies that operate in this space. And so you do get kind of that, um, some of that feedback, but really that I would say that those, um, um, the, uh, those types of events are probably well mitigated when it comes to kind of contract and, and, time to actually purchase equipment. And so we have, 
you know, our CFO is, is, is pretty great at going through the contracts and in our, in our legal team is great at going through the contracts and making sure people are, are well vetted and can, you know, um, you know, can, can realistically purchase and buy and, and run this equipment. So that I would say that those maybe events um, exist, but are kind of fall out in the, in the contractual process. Yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, sorry for that. I wasn't meaning like not worthy of it, but uh, just with, you know, because it's sort, it's still a pretty unregulated space. And so, you know, you talk to some facilities that are GMP facilities, you know, some have like great SOPs and then others run a little bit looser. And so I didn't know if, you know, people, the people on the looser side sort of come in and it's just like, I don't think you're here yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, so I mean, we, 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 as, as you know, um, a lot of people aren't there yet. You know, like there's, it, and it's so new that we don't expect them to be there yet. So, you know, like it's a, it's a work in progress for a lot of companies and, and a lot of startups, you know, like this isn't, um, um, you know, this isn't like Kellogg's coming in and, and buying equipment. A lot of times it's, it's, it's new companies. It's a new team. Um, it's, you know, farming group that, that, you know, wants to actually add some value to what they're growing. And so, you know, it, it's really a lot of um, inexperienced uh, um, uh, companies that operate in this space, which is, which is great actually, because those companies are going to learn and those companies are going to grow into the, re the requirements for what they're trying to do. And so we don't, um, you know, we, we don't turn those individuals down. We, we try to help them as much as possible and, um, and guide them as well. And when it comes to like GMP and whatnot, you know, we design our systems, um, to meet uh, sanitary standards and, and, um, and to meet GMP requirements. And so if a customer, you know, has a specific need for say material certs and say they need to use 316 versus 304 and they need that, that the material needs to be sourced in the U S and, and have all the certs associated with their build, we'll, we'll do that. If they don't need that, you know, we could use say 304 and, and, and we can source the material and, and actually save on some costs there. So we work on, we work with, um, you know, customers as, um, as their need, um, as, as, as needed. And, and we produce, you know, a high quality system if, if they have their, um, you know, their, their ducks in a row when it comes to quality or compliance or not. So that's what we try to do as a company is, is, support those customers that need, you know, need some, some support along the way in regards to that as well. Uh, what are your expectations? You know, we were talking about uh, new states coming online weekly. What are your expectations for the industries uh, going forward? Um, so from, from our kind of feedback and our, in our ex experience so far in this space, what I feel like is, is probably more regulation um, more, more focus on quality, um, compliance, um, procedural, um, documentation, uh, you know, GMP, um, and really, um, creating a product that can, you know, produce a high quality, um, uh, end product that is documentable. Um, you know, the data, the data is there, the, the, um, uh, system requirements are there that, that allow, um, full traceability. Um, and so that's kind of what we're seeing a lot uh, from a standpoint of, of customers that are existing here, but also um, from overseas as well. You know, there's a lot of focus on, 
on compliance and and um, and setting up a facility that's that's GMP and and um, and you know making sure that they're supported in that way. So yeah, that's, that's what we see. What's next for Entex? Um, yeah, so we got like I said, we we're just coming to market. Uh, we've just kind of did a marketing push this week, and we're, we're bringing to market this remediation technology. So that's in regards to what's on my plate and what's on our plate as a business. That's really where our focus is this uh, this quarter. And so um, we're really excited about that. It's a big effort, of course. Any as anybody knows um, that you know builds products like like we do, um, it's it's uh, a lot of work to bring a new product to market. So that's where we're, our focus is at the moment. And um, you know, bringing bringing that specific piece of, of technology to market, and also um, supporting the the uh, extraction builds that we have on on uh, our, our current systems. And so that's uh, that's kind of where where we stand, and we look forward. You know, as an engineer, this has been really rewarding to be a part of this space because you're able to innovate um, where it's really tough in different industries to innovate as much as you can in this industry space. And so um, I don't see it, um, you know slowing down anytime soon. I think there's just going to be more opportunity to be innovative in this space and to bring new technologies to market. And so we look to be on the forefront of that and and lead and kind of lead the market in, in innovating um, products for this industry. So that's that's where we we're going to focus. Was it more difficult to be an engineer in oil and gas or an engineer in extraction? Uh, in extraction for sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's the Wild West. I mean, it's it's not like you're working with uh, companies and technologies that have been around 100 years. So, right? What do you mean? No one's ever done it before. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but it's also rewarding too. So it's, it's great. Well, thanks again, John. I really do appreciate the time. Again, if you're still here, please make sure to like, share, or subscribe to the podcast. Also, if you could leave us a positive review on Apple Podcasts, we'd really appreciate it. For John Davis, I'm David Manti, and this is the Cannabis Equipment News Podcast. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Cannabis Equipment News Podcast.